Hello everyone and welcome to the So Mindful podcast where we dig into the tips and topics that will help you have great fun making clothes that make you feel fabulous. I'm your host Jackie Blakemore of So Much More Fun and I can't wait to share this week's illuminating episode with you. So let's roll the tape. Hello lovely listeners, this week I have for you the first of a two-part interview with the lovely Claire Hutchinson. I first spoke with Claire in episode 24 where we explored Claire's approach to making clothes and how she starts with the fabric first. In that episode we talked about doing a follow-up to find out more about Claire's tips on buying fabric. We covered such a lot in our follow-up chat that I thought it would be best to share that in two parts. So in part one, Claire talks about how she prepares for her fabric shopping how she narrows down her choices when in the fabric store, how she feels about plain versus patterned fabrics, what colour palette she uses, what fabrics she tries to avoid and why, the importance of doing your homework and the benefit of making things to last. In part two, which will be available next week in episode 28, we'll be talking about how to work out how much fabric to buy if you haven't decided on your final pattern yet, tips on how to use up your scraps, best ways to store your fabrics, the benefits of textured fabrics, how to create interest with haberdashery and accessories, and what's on Claire's project list. I had a lot of fun talking to Claire, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the So Mindful podcast. My name's Jackie Blakemore of So Much More Fun, and I'm here again today with the lovely Claire Hutchinson. So some of you may have listened to the episode that we did a few weeks ago, um, and I've been uh, trying to get some more time with her. So she's finally been able to give me a little space in her schedule, and we've got a bit of time to chat today. And we're going to just talk a little bit more about continuing on the topic that we started from the last time. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I'd highly recommend that you go and take a listen. But just for the people that haven't met Claire before, I'm going to get her to just introduce herself. And then today's topic, we're going to explore the process of buying fabric, because I think it's been quite challenging for me. And particularly, I'm not a big fan of going into a shop and buying fabric. I find that quite hard and tend to buy a lot of my fabric online. But it came out in our conversation during the first podcast that we did that Claire's process is almost the opposite to mine. So I'm always excited to find out how other people do things. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about Claire's process and I'm going to kind of chip in with my process and how that differs and just explore that a bit more. So welcome, Claire. Thank you very much for being here. And can you just tell the people kind of who you are and and how we know one another? Oh, yeah, no, that's my pleasure. Thank you very much, Jackie, for having me again. This is lovely. So my name's Claire Hutchinson, and I met Jackie a few years ago while we were doing a pattern drafting course with Alison Smith, who some of you may have heard of. She's really inspirational and has taught me such an off, such a lot because I was actually just a home sewer. I think that's what you call me. I just love sewing. It's my sort of happy place. It's my relaxation and I suppose it's my mindful place in some respects as well. So I taught myself to sew many, many years ago. And then I would say, well, probably four, three, four years ago, I went to Alison to do a City and Guilds in tailoring. And sort of that fueled, I suppose, even more my passion for, for sewing. And from there, I sort of set up a little Instagram account and steadily got a, got 
quite a few followers and I just like to make things I like to challenge myself I like to learn new skills but I also like to share that with with people who are interested as well so that led me on to doing some teaching which was going great until COVID so (laughs) at the point where I'm back to home sewing like everybody else and uh, yeah so just sharing a little bit of what I've learned along the way and uh, that's sort of um, how how I'm ending up chatting to you today Jackie. Yes (laughs) that's great no thank you (laughs) thank you and yeah and so it came up in our last conversation in that uh, discussion we were just talking about your process for how you decide what to make and we'd been exploring that and we touched on a few times onto your fabric stash and your love of fabrics and we mentioned in that that we would end up doing another chat about that so that's what we're going to talk about today and so one of the things that like I mentioned at the start is I find it quite challenging to walk into a shop and buy fabric so I was really fascinated in our chat that that's kind of your comfort zone really isn't it you like buying the fabric you've got quite a big selection of fabric and that's sort of your inspiration for starting and so so let's just start with when you are able to go fabric shopping which again as we're not at the moment but when you are able to go fabric shopping can you just talk to me a little bit about your approach to buying fabrics when you're when you're kind of in a shop like that yeah as we talked about in the the last podcast the whole decision process is quite complicated about knowing what you're going to make so I've sort of gone through that big melting pot of uh, ideas and influences and sort of got an idea in my head about what I want to make I will then have a load of patterns and that's another embarrassing stash I have to say So I guess my patterns as well. Um, so I've got boxes and boxes of patterns which I've collected from every single place you can ever imagine. I used to sell antiques, do I used to sell, buy and sell antiques and collectibles, and as part of that, I would go to auctions. So I've picked up a lot of vintage patterns as well over the years. So all these patterns are around me, and I'll sort of submerge myself in patterns before I go fabric shopping because I already know what I want to make in my head and you know I'll have an idea of the pattern but what it the choice tends to come down to fabrics first as as we said so if I'm I know that I'll be making something say like jeans or trousers and I will know what sort of fabrics I like to use so denim I, I can't go wrong buying denim and whenever I see it I'll feel it, I'll, you know, see the weight of it. Is it stiff, crackly, or is it, you know, nice and soft, or is it stretch or whatever? So whenever I see denim, I know I'm going to use that somewhere in my future sewing. So I will buy it. So white denim, blue denim, black denim, uh, stretch, non-stretch, it doesn't matter really. If I can find it, I'll buy it because this is the problem with a lot of the times you want to make something you actually cannot find the fabrics that you want to make those things out of Um, and especially non-stretch denim seems to be really difficult to find a good quality non-stretch denim of the right weight so uh, this is a an example I went to Leon's in Manchester and they have quite a fast turnaround of fabric and there was a bolt of white denim and I couldn't find non-stretch white denim anywhere. So I literally went in and I bought a load of it because I know I'll, I will use it. And I'm actually sat here in the lander pants that are made out of that white denim. I've got some left over, which already then I'm thinking, well, I could probably like to make some white shorts for in the summer or I might like to make a white denim jacket. That's on my list of things I'd like to make. So I already know I've got that fabric there. 
So I will buy quite a lot of it because, and there is a rule for my how much I buy. So that's denim. I also know that, especially in these days, the COVID times, we're at home a lot and, you know, comfy t-shirts, tracksuit bottoms, that sort of thing. I will go into the shop and I'll look at all the plain, and it needs to be plain, fabric. So I don't know, loop back Terry, Jersey, um, all the different sorts of weights of jerseys that, that you could make tracksuit bottoms out of or tracksuit tops. So if you think about your wardrobe and all the staple things that you have in your wardrobe, you know what fabrics they will be made out of. And those are the things I'll be making. So I have this sort of a collection of basic fabrics, um, not basic really, they are, you know, the cornerstones of your wardrobe. So you can't go wrong buying them. Something I steer away from is buying patterns. So I do tend to buy a lot of planes because, yeah. and I colours suit me. So I will buy planes of the types of fabric that I know suit me and I will wear. And I've, I can honestly say, I think I use every scrap. There's never any waste because I'll make all sorts of different garments out of that fabric. And the, the beauty of that is as well, things match. You know, you've got, you're repeating the fabric, but you're not repeating the same pattern. So you've got loads of different garments, which you know are going to go with all the other things that you've made. So it's the end point, but it's the beginning point, if you see what I mean. So Yeah, yeah. So there's a few decisions that you've made kind of much earlier in the whole process to help you narrow that down then, aren't there? So the first is that you know, the types of fabrics that work well for you, you know what your staples are. We were talking just before the interview about kind of understanding your own style, weren't we? And I think you're, you have a, quite a relaxed style in terms of when you're working from home and when you're at home. And so that kind of lends itself to things like the the comfy fabrics, like the the stretch and sweatshirts and those kind of things. And also then the denims and they, they'll go well together. And interesting that you talk about just focusing more on planes, because I think then that gives you it's it's easier to combine planes in some way than it is to combine lots of different patterns isn't it and I can see that because I find when I go into the shop the majority of fabrics are patterned would you say it's yeah, it's rare to find the planes isn't it, yeah, it is that they are really difficult to find the right ones so yeah. yeah yeah and I think that's where I get caught out and because i like a bit of a magpie really I love the patterns but I wouldn't necessarily wear the patterns all the time you know so so yeah so really interesting to to think about before way beforehand as to what things are going to combine well and so from in terms of your color palette then Claire can you talk me through a little bit around that around what what types of colors you wear and and how they go together yeah sure so I know that navy suits me. So I buy a lot of blues, you know, sort of the more navy type of shades. I do wear a fair bit of black as well. It goes with everything. And white. So navy, black and white sort of form the cornerstone of my wardrobe. And then I'll have uh, a couple of accent colours. So a really bright electric blue I know suits me. So I can add a little splash of that here and there or can have a whole dress in it. And that that that's another one. And then sort of the, the coordinating more biscuit shades. So like cream, biscuit, a greyish sort of, sort of a, a bluey grey colour as well. That's, that's sort of one of my shades. Things that I tend to try and steer away from are, well, patterns really, because I find patterns really difficult uh, and a lot of them just don't suit me. Yeah. Because a multitude of colours in there, unless you're pulling out 
one particular color in the pattern if, if there's just one one shade that, that is good for you you've got to work out where to put that on the actual garment so that it will reflect your coloring if you put it in the wrong place it can just look ridiculous so pattern's really difficult so the best way of using pattern i find in and color is use it as a scarf have an accessory instead of using the pattern all over yeah. or linings i think you've used them as linings as well haven't you yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, so my colour palette is that. And then for pops of colour, I've got, in fact, I've got this top, which I'll show you here. This is, this is so, so neon. going <laughs> a mile off. But with, hang on, my trousers, that was well. With the white jeans and, and then just a the black cardigan, it just gives it a little bit of a, a brightness that, that, you know, it sort of cheers you up a bit, I suppose. So a bit of colour is important. Yeah. Um, everything's very plain unfortunately for me so uh, yeah so I don't know whether that answers your question but yeah yes. it does it does because I think that's where like I say I think that's having those rules in mind before you walk into the shop helps you filter out a lot of the stuff that you're definitely not going to look at you know so I think that makes it a lot easier to hone in on good quality versions of the fabrics that you do want and then maybe just picking if you are the kind of person who likes patterns and lots of different color then maybe just combining maybe one of those or two of those so in terms of types of fabric then so you've talked about what you do buy so the the sort of um, denims and the comfortable fabrics so are there any fabrics that you steer away from you know any types of fabric or types of fiber that you try and avoid yeah I'm not a big fan of polyester um, I think we talked about that, didn't we, last time? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had so many where it's like I've, I'm like fell down the rabbit hole of thinking, oh, I just love that pattern. I love that how vibrant it looks, it looks gorgeous. And so you'll see it on the website, and I'll buy it, and I'll get it home, and I think, oh no, you know, it, it's sort of staticky and it's clingy and it's just sweaty. <laughs> but I mean, fibres have come on a long, long way. And, you know, textile technology is amazing. There's some wonderful blends of fabrics now, but you've really got to know and you've got, you've got to be able to feel it and, and handle it. And we just can't do that at the moment with the internet, but the internet does give you a brilliant way of narrowing down where those fibres are, that you know, the fabrics that you like. So I can go onto the internet and I can key in, say just like a cotton poplin. And then all those companies have, have got that will come up and you can see, you know, different weights and colours and everything else. So it's sort of you, in with other fabrics, it gives you the fibre content and the care and all those raw, you know, the, the things that often, if you go into a big fabric store, there's just loads and loads of bolts of fabric, but there's no information about what it's made of or how to wash it or, um, you know, actually who's made it or where it's come from, you know, it's, it's sustainability credentials as well. So there's no information at all. Whereas on the website, you can find that information out, which is brilliant. So what I used to like to do was find all that out and then go and visit the store and then look at the fabrics, get it off the bolt, you know, hang it up, just drape it around you, put it against your face, see whether the colour suits you. But we can't do that now. So you get a little sample about this big, which is not the same. And it's it's very difficult to actually decide if you want to buy five metres of this fabric. Because once you've bought it, you can't send it back. No. So what we're having to do now is be a lot braver, I think, and, and be more accepting of what actually arrives in the post. So you do your homework about what the fabric is, and then you just sort of have to sort of 
hold your breath, <laughs> cross your fingers and then wait for it to arrive and then think, hey, that's brilliant. Or, oh, we'll work with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be okay. We'll make it work. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think that's really interesting as well. I think that's the other thing that I struggle with when I walk into the shop is that there often isn't a lot of information about the composition of the fabric or any of those things to help narrow it down. So it might feel great, but I don't know what it's made from. So yeah, that's that's really useful advice to think about if you can see on their website first. And then what would you do to just go and kind of say, I've seen this fabric, can you point me where it is and you know, and show me that fabric? Is that is that what you would normally do? Yes, I would, unless it's just a a general day out fabric shopping, which is I'm quite prone to doing that. (laughs) You know, if there's something really special that I need, then yes, that's what I would do. I Google it first, find out all the places where it is, and then I will go and actually physically handle it myself and, you know, decide whether that is what I want. Because fabric can be very expensive and you don't want to be making expensive mistakes. So, uh, yeah, so that that will be the process. Yeah, fantastic. And so just on the pricing side of it, then, have you got any tips? Because I've I've fallen foul of getting caught out by the, oh, that looks like a bargain type thing. And then it really is never a bargain because by the time you've bought some of it and spent all your time making it and then it never really quite feels right or it doesn't wash very well or any of those kind of things. So what what's your thoughts around the prices of fabric? Yeah, I do love a bargain. Oh. <laughs> I'm terrible if it's you know John Lewis actually has been one of my downfalls because I'll go and you'll see the fabric at full price and you'll think you don't really want to pay that much and then you go like just after Christmas you know and they've got the sale on and stuff will be reduced down to like four pounds a meter or something and regardless of whether I need it or not I'll be like oh I'll have all of that you know 15 meters or something ridiculous which but I have learned I definitely I've learned I've had I've got a lot of fabric still that I just think from my earlier days of buying fabric and I think really I probably should either give it away or sell it or do something because I'm never going to use it so yeah it's easy to fall into the bargain trap but we are very lucky in Macclesfield or were very lucky that we have a couple of silk printing mills that used to have sales so I've had a lot of stuff from them in the past, which I don't think that's ever going to happen really again, not for a very long time. So I'm actually really grateful that when the opportunity was there, I stocked up and I've got, you know, lots of beautiful fabric that I will be able to use. So sometimes it's the right thing to do. But yeah, beware. I'm like, I am like a magpie. If it's a bit shiny and a bit glitzy and, you know, you'll buy it. But how many times do you actually want a nice shiny glitzy top? It's probably like, well, now, <laughs> but before, you know, be like Christmas or New Year or a birthday or something. So the 99% of your wardrobe is really quite boring. You know, it's quite, it's just everyday staples. So that's where my investments go now. And I will buy expensive fabrics, but the, the workhorses, you know, they're going to be there to, to make all those those jeans and tops and things I'm going to wear day in, day out. So my advice would be invest in the basics and then, you know, the frillies, as my mother-in-law calls them. <laughs> but you could, you know, just buy in a sale some bright, glitzy, glamorous thing, um, fabric, and make a lovely top because you, it's not going to get worn and washed a thousand times. So, uh yeah so the basics I keep saying the basics but that that's me yeah and I think like you say if you're going to spend the time making it and I really like to keep things rather than make it and then wear it a couple of times and then it's gone or buy it and wear it a couple of times and it's gone so 
that all supports what you're saying about pay a little bit more for the fabric and get a really good quality version of that so that it will last you you can wash and wear it and you'll be kind of getting the most out of it won't you I think with making things for my daughter has been a real revelation because I've put so much time and effort into making you know really lovely coats for and all sorts of things that she's worn to death and I know that within a couple of years it's going to come back (laughs) She'll be wanting something else. So I'm inheriting all my own makes again now. So I've got a lovely like woolen expression to Mills Harima coat that I made. And that must be oh, three, three years ago, maybe more. And so that came back and that's, I'm wearing that. And then I made a style arc jacket. I've forgotten what it's called now, but it's, it's very boxy with a drop shoulder and these two big patch pockets. Well, that came back at Christmas. So uh, <laughs> Absorbed into my wardrobe. So, but because I bought the very, very best fabric and they're all lined with silk, you know, it's really, really good quality buttons and everything about them was done to last. And so, you know, they they will last a very, very long time. But if I'd have invested all that time and effort and they'd have fallen to pieces while she was wearing it, it's it's a waste of money. And mm. I also think it's a from a, I said about the sustainability thing, but you know, if you make something well and make it once and it gets worn forever, then that's probably the cheapest thing you're ever going to make because it's it's been worth it. And so that's that's sort of my mantra now. So yeah, so buy well and make it once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people say, what can I have? What can I have? <laughs> Yeah, and if you have children or daughters and you're lucky enough to be a similar size, then obviously it's a great a, a great seed to start planting, which is once you're done with this, if you just pass it back, that'd be great. <laughs> I'll look after it for you. <laughs> the problem is though with all these makes, I, I can't get rid of any of them. So I'm just getting like <laughs> so many things on the loft. <laughs> wearable, but uh, you know how many things can you actually wear so that actually has informed like we said before my fabric buying though and I'm making less now I definitely make less which is better because I think you can get onto like a bit of a hamster wheel thinking oh I've got to keep making got to keep making and oh, I love that pattern I love that pattern but are you actually going to wear it is it is it useful yeah um, so I'm um, perhaps take a lot more time making something now and it's more about what do I need what do I actually need so I think we said about in the last podcast about jeans and that's been a really that's why the denim thing came up with the fabric because I need jeans you know I wear them every day so um it's it's yeah it's it's what you need rather than what what you think you you want and there isn't a lot of space really to store everything (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely and I think there is a, a bigger message there isn't there around in a little bit of a trap of thinking that we have to have new stuff all the time and that is definitely worth considering particularly with our lifestyles changing as well I think it's it's important to try and get as as much wear out of the clothes that we have or find a good home for them selfless making is also really a really fun thing to do and you can pass things on to other people Well, that's it for part one, and we still have so much to talk about. So be sure to listen out for next week's episode for the rest of the great tips and insights that Claire so expertly shares. Thank you so much for listening. Check out the show notes in the description area of your podcast app and click to follow or subscribe. Or head over to sewmindful.com forward slash podcast, which is S-E-W-M-I-N-D-F-U-L dot com 
where you can also sign up for an email reminder so that you don't miss out on any juicy episodes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, then please help others find us by leaving a review if you love this episode. And I'm always excited to find out what you got from the episode and how you plan to use the tips. And finally, if you have a question, feedback or a topic you'd like me to investigate, then you can also email me at hello at somuchmorefun.co.uk. So until next time, stay gorgeous and have so much more fun. Thank you.